0: Life Audio. When you go through a loss, you have to grieve it. Too many of us, we put the band aid on it. We say things like, you know what, it's not that big of a deal. It's okay. Life goes on. And what I'm here today to tell you is that yes, life goes on. And yes, you're going to be okay. But not until you grieve the loss. You are listening to Real Relationship Talk, a podcast helping married and pre-married couples build lasting love from above. Got problems? Let's solve them, because real trials need real truth. Now it's time to get in the game with your relationship coach and host, Dana Shea. Hello, friends, and welcome to Real Relationship Talk. This is Dana Shea. I am your hostess with the mostest, and I am so happy to have you here On today's episode, y'all, today we are going to go a little deep, all right? We're going to do a little bit of excavation into your heart. We are going to maybe pull out some old memories that you would prefer to stay tucked away. We are going to go after the cover-up that you have put over some of those wounds. And we're going to make sure that what you have forgiven is really indeed healed. For some of you, you're listening to this episode today on forgiveness because you haven't been able to forgive. You haven't been able to move on and you need somebody to help you out. And so that's what we're here for today. I want you to just take a deep breath right now, literally. And I want you to set your intention for this episode. I want you to imagine that after you finish listening to this episode, you are going to have a blueprint on how to get over what was done to you, how to forgive and move on. The title of this episode is Forgiving What You Can't Forget. And I know that we have so much to talk about. So I've actually split this episode up into two separate episodes. So we're gonna talk about part one today and then next week join us because we are going to finish up with part two. If there is one thing that I No, for sure. As a marriage coach, as a pastor, as a woman, as a human being, it is that we all are going to have to walk through forgiveness at some point or another. You could have the most perfect marriage, the most healthy relationship, the best friendship. But at some point, because you are in relationship with another human being, you're going to be hurt and you are going to hurt. So we need to understand that forgiveness isn't something that just like really resilient, strong people do. It isn't something that only struggling relationships have to go through. We all have to learn how to forgive. And the more that you do it, the easier that it gets. So I want you to think about someone in your life right now who you need to forgive. And for some of you, you're like, oh, I already knew who that person was before I even clicked on this episode title. For others of you, it might take you a minute to really think about, have I truly forgiven everybody in my life? Maybe you have. And if you have, that's awesome. That's great. I want you to share this episode with someone who you know could really use it. So as I look back over my life, you guys, I can think of many people who I've really had to forgive, really struggled to forgive. And here's the truth. The closer the person is to you, the harder it is to forgive because the people that are closest to us have the most ability or the greatest ability to hurt us the deepest. If I'm just upset with my coworker because they ate my lunch that I put in the refrigerator, well, I mean, I have to forgive that, but it's not like the end of the world versus if I have to forgive my husband who betrayed my trust. So regardless of who came to your mind, regardless of who you're thinking about, what I'm going to share with you over these next two episodes is going to be completely applicable. So I have some resources and I'm going to put those in the show notes of this podcast. You can always find the show notes at realrelationshiptalk.com forward slash episode, whatever the episode is. So today is episode 149. So you would just simply go to realrelationshiptalk.com forward slash episode 149. And I want to be able to share a couple of books with you. For those of you who are not readers, you're still going to be able to glean from some of the quotes that I'm going to share out of these books. But if you can read, I'm going to encourage you to get these books Read them on Audible if that's what it takes, because it's one thing to show up on a podcast and listen to me talk for 30 minutes, but some of y'all need to go deeper. Some of you are literally going to need to get these books in your hand, and you, along with the Lord, are going to have to do some deep work. Now, this episode is not intended to be a therapeutic session. It is not intended to be a full-out coaching session, even though coaching obviously will help you, and I do work with all of my clients on this process of forgiveness. However, today, you're going to get a lot of gold, okay? You're going to walk away from this episode, just like we said in the beginning, with an intention. Hopefully, you've already set that intention, and you're going to walk away with the fulfillment of that intention if you do this work. Let me ask you a question. How connected are you in your marriage or relationship? Does it sometimes feel that there's something standing in the way of the true intimacy you desire? The first step to reconnection is to measure how far you're disconnected. That's why I've created a free tool to help you check your connection. This short two-minute quiz will assess how present and connected you are and how to deepen your intimacy. Take the quiz at danashecom forward slash partner quiz. That's D-A-N-A-C-H-E dot com forward slash partner quiz. So Lisa Turkhurst, if you guys know her, she is the president of Proverbs 31 Women. She actually wrote a book called Forgiving What You Can't Forget. And I was reading her book when she released it. And if you guys know anything about her story, Lisa was married for nearly 30 years to a man who was a habitual cheater. And her lifestyle is very public, especially for those in the Christian community. Most Christian women, um, especially um, Anglo women, (laughs) know who Lisa Turkers is, okay? So Lisa has a very prominent ministry. She has lived this whole debacle out in the public eye. And I have nothing but respect for her. I've done a YouTube video on um, this very topic about how I applauded her really for leaving this very toxic marriage. And y'all know me. I am for marriage. I am pro-marriage. I don't take divorce lightly at all. But in her situation, she was married to a man who she had given grace upon grace upon grace upon grace, chance after chance after chance after chance. They publicly renewed their wedding vows, you all. And this man committed to being faithful and loyal and didn't. He wasn't. So she finally made the decision that she was going to need to walk away. And I know that that took a lot of courage. I'm sure that there are people who probably disagreed with her decision. Um, And I'm sure that it was a a lot, um, really like a, a battle within herself to even get to that point. But through her pain, she wrote this book called Forgiving What You Can't Forget. And that is really what inspired, obviously, the title of this podcast. So as I was thinking about Lisa and all of the things that she has had to endure in her marriage, because for those of you guys who have been through infidelity, I have, right, on both sides. I've shared that story many times on this podcast. But when you go through something like that, it's not just a big infidelity that you have to forgive. It's not like the, the sexual act. That's, of course, painful and hard, but there are so many like little micro betrayals that happened before it gets to that point that you have to forgive. And that is where I think a lot of people get stuck. It's like, it's not just like, okay, you had sex with this other person while you were married to me. Obviously, that's big and it's wrong and it's hurtful, right? But there are things like lying, like you lied to my face and I have to forgive that. You, you said that you were going to be somewhere and you weren't. You missed out on our kids' games because you were so called out of town and you were really in a hotel room downtown. So there are all of these like smaller um, betrayals, these lies that we have to forgive when you're dealing with something like infidelity. Now, maybe you're here today and infidelity isn't your thing. You haven't gone through that. Praise God. But there are other things in your relationship that you have gone through. There are other things in your relationship, whether you're married, you're in a romantic relationship, or you might even be listening to this because you need to forgive a parent or you need to forgive a friend or you need to forgive a boss or whomever. Those of you who are in those situations, maybe it's not this big betrayal of like a a romantic partner, but there's something that has happened where it's still a big deal to you. And I think that, you know, starting off, we need to, first of all, just give ourselves grace for our own pain. Like, I'm not telling you to lick your wounds and be a victim your whole life. But as we get into this episode, you're going to hear me talk about a lot about really taking ownership of what happened to you. Like not dismissing it, not saying that it's not a big deal, not throwing a religious cover over it. So I'm going to share something with you guys. I am currently in therapy. I started seeing a therapist a few weeks ago because I did not like how I was feeling. I am a generally happy, optimistic, joyful person. Like that is my natural personality. I love to be happy. I love to laugh. I love to have fun. That's just, I'm I'm an up type of person. And over the last several weeks, I noticed that I have not been well. I have been um, depressed a little. And when I say depressed a little, you know, I use that word a little bit lightly because A, I'm not clinically depressed and B, I am functioning. So I'm not like laying in my bed all day crying. It's not that, but I have just felt this sense of sadness, the sense of loss, the sense of just not feeling like myself. And I am the kind of person, y'all know, I believe in coaching. I believe in counseling. I believe in getting the help that you need early. Like so many people wait until the last minute. They're sitting on the edge of their bed with a gun in their hand and they're like, maybe I should go to therapy. Like, don't let it get to that point. So many people reach out for marriage coaching when they're ready to sign divorce papers. Like I'm a big proponent in getting help and getting early. So I decided, you know what, Dana, I don't like how I'm feeling and I'm going to reach out and I'm going to get some help. So there's a couple of things that are going on with me right now. And one of them is, you guys, I am resigning from my role as pastor at my church. Now, I've been on staff at my church for eight years. I have loved every single minute of being a pastor on staff. I have been so blessed to serve our incredible church family in many, many capacities. I've done lots and lots of jobs at the church. But because of what God is doing through Thrive Relationships, which is my business, through what he's doing with this podcast, Real Relationship Talk, I can no longer juggle both. It got to the point where I was completely overwhelmed. I had zero margin. I did not like the rhythms that I was, you know, in. And this is something that I teach all the time, right? Like creating rhythms, having margin. And I was not living that because I was so overwhelmed by my business and the church. And so I really spent some time praying. Sean and I actually are on the same page. He's super supportive. And I realized that I am not stepping down. I am stepping into. I'm stepping into this season fully and completely. And I'm super excited about it but with being excited you all there is a loss there there is a um a real i guess reality that what has been for the last 8 years is no longer going to be and though i'll still be on the preaching team and i'll still be involved in our church it's different it's going to be different and and i was feeling some kind of way about that and so as i was talking to my therapist she's really helping me to process grief a little bit more, which, and I don't mean for this to be like my own personal therapy session here, you guys, but I'm just sharing with you honestly here. I don't do grief well. Yeah. So that's one of the things that we're working on and counseling is she's like, Dana, when's the last time you cried? And I'm like, um, what else you want to talk about today? So why am I sharing this with you? Because you guys, when you go through a loss, you have to grieve it. Too many of us, we put the band-aid on it. We say things like, you know what? It's not that big of a deal. It's okay. Life goes on. And what I'm here today to tell you is that yes, life goes on. And yes, you're going to be okay, but not until you grieve the loss. So we're going to get into all of that. In just a moment, but first, let's listen to a word from our sponsor. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. Okay, my friends, let's go ahead and get into the meat of this episode today. One of the books I'm going to recommend to you is called The Book on Forgiving. It's by Desmond Tutu and his daughter, Tutu. Obviously, those are African names. And this is such, such, such a good book. I originally got this book, I don't know, maybe three years ago. I think it was like right at the start of COVID. And this book is really about um, a lot of what Desmond experienced um, coming out of apartheid. And how he learned how to forgive. But it's not just the apartheid story because most of us have not had that experience. But he really teaches about these tenets of forgiveness. And one of the most profound things I think that I have probably ever read in my whole life was out of this book. And he talks about the fourfold path to forgiveness. So we are going to take the next several minutes and we're really going to break down this fourfold path of forgiveness. What does it look like? How do you know if you've really forgiven someone? I get asked that question a lot. Like Dana, yes, this thing happened. I told my spouse or I told whoever that I forgive them, but how do I know? How do I know that the process is complete? So one of the things that I always say is... First of all, you'll know when the process of forgiveness is complete, when you can think about that memory, when you can have that memory and it no longer stings, it no longer burns. So I might have a burn on my arm, right? Like, let's say I, I, um, I burn myself with a curling iron, which I have many, many times, especially when I was a little kid, right? Like not knowing I was doing and like curling my hair. So I have a, a scar from the burn. And if I look at that scar, then I remember exactly what happened there. I'm like, oh, yeah, I was eight years old. I was curling my hair in the bathroom at my house and singe. You know, I felt that thing on my neck, right? So I can think back to that memory. But if I touch that scar, it no longer hurts. It no longer burns. There's nothing oozing. It's completely healed. Likewise, my friend, when you think back over that memory, whatever happened, you think of that person, And there's nothing that oozes emotionally. There's no more pain. There's no more stinging. That's when you know that the process of forgiveness is complete. Now, if you think about that person or you think about that situation and your heart starts beating fast and you break out in a sweat and you start, you know, oh my God, I hope I never run into that person again. I hope I never see that person again. Or you start to have some sort of strong emotional reaction to that story. Well, then that means that the process of, for- of forgiveness is not complete yet. So this is why we're here today, like I said earlier, that we're going to excavate that. We're going to dig a little bit deeper and see, are there some roots there that still need to be pulled up from that situation? Is there more work that needs to be done where it comes to forgiveness? So I've written about forgiveness. I've done, uh, I think one of the like earlier podcasts, I'm going to say was probably like episode in the teens, episode 14 or so. I'll link to it in the show notes because I don't know it offhand right away. But I've talked about forgiveness and I've given lots of tips throughout the the episodes on forgiveness. But today I'm going to teach something that I've never taught before. And it is this whole fourfold path to forgiveness. So the first thing. Let me actually give you all four. And then like I said, we're going to spend today and then we're going to continue this next week on this fourfold path. Okay. So the first thing that you're going to want to do is tell your story. Second thing is name the hurt. The third thing is grant forgiveness. And then the last thing is renew or release the relationship. Now, literally All four of those could be an episode all by themselves because there's so much in there. So let's start with number one. Tell your story. What happened to you matters. What happened to you happened. It is real. You didn't make it up. It doesn't matter if anyone else saw it, acknowledged what happened. It happened. And the first thing that you need to do is you need to be able to tell your story, to tell the truth about what actually happened. You see, when you withhold the truth, when you don't tell your story, then you live in constant bondage to your story, to the shame of your story. When you tell the truth, you actually get your dignity back. You actually are able to say, this is what happened to me you truly did hurt me in this way, or I was neglected, I was abandoned, I was betrayed, I was taken advantage of, I was used. Whatever the situation is, you have to be able to tell your story. That gives you dignity after you've been harmed, after you've been betrayed, after you've experienced a loss in your life. You have to tell that story. Now, I know that you're probably saying, well, who do I tell the story to? Ideally, and again, this is, this is all coming from the book of forgiveness. You guys, I wish that I could have made this up and taken credit for it, but um, I've learned and I've, and I've, you know, like I said, written and talked about this as an offshoot, but I'm giving you like the, the core of what Desmond Tutu's message is, okay? But who do you tell your story to? Ideally, ideally, hear me when I say ideally, you want to be able to tell it to the person who caused you the harm. Now, I know you're thinking, oh, no, 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 no. I am not ready for that. I cannot do that because that person's not going to believe me or that person's going to just deny that it happened. That person's going to make excuses. That person's going to make me think that it was my fault. And all of those things may be true. And this is why I'm saying ideally. The worst thing that you can do is tell your story to the person who hurt you only for them to tell you that you're lying. You're making it up. You're making a big deal out of it. That's not how it happened because that will send you right back into a tailspin that will reattach you back to that trauma if you let it so if you can't tell that person because they won't listen or they won't acknowledge it or maybe they've gone on they have died like how often does that happen that something may have happened to you in your childhood and grandpa died and you can't go tell grandpa that he hurt you or whatever so if you can't tell that person, then who do you tell? Well, you find someone who is trusted and safe. You talk to a counselor, you talk to a coach, you talk to a pastor, you talk to your spouse if they are not the one who hurt you, right? You you talk to a best friend, you talk to a parent, you talk to somebody who you can trust, someone who is safe, someone who is going to acknowledge what happened to you. Maybe they they had no clue. They may have questions but they're not going to um belittle you or they're not going to say things um that would dismiss your pain. Telling your story is so important because the cost is too high. You know, families can get caught up in these cycles of secrecy where it's like, we don't tell what happens in our house. If you were a part of the Black community, that was kind of like, and I don't know, white communities too, maybe. But in the Black community, it was a lot of what happens in this house stays in this house. You don't be going out here telling everybody our business, right? And so what happened was then we grew up to keep secrets. We grew up thinking that, yeah, that thing happened to me, but I can never really talk about that. And if that's you, I just want you to give yourself some grace because you are a survivor. You really are. Maybe you've never heard that before. Maybe you've never seen yourself as a survivor, but that is what you are. But it is time for you to just stop surviving and it is time for you to come out of the shadows, bring it into the light and tell somebody what happened. Even if you've already forgiven it, even if you're already quote over it. It'll be easy then for you to tell it if you're truly over it. See, when we're truly over something, like I talk about my infidelity story all the time, y'all, because I am so over that thing. Like that thing, it's like that scar that I can press, 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 press. There's no more pain to that. I've told that story so many times, but I couldn't really tell it until I was really healed from it. So if you still can't talk about something, then you may want to ask yourself, Have you truly forgiven? Are you truly over it? Because if you are, then there's no shame. There's no reason that you wouldn't tell someone because now your story becomes a healing agent for somebody else. Every single time that I tell my story, my marriage story, y'all, people respond every single time. People are going through things you have no idea The people that will reach out to me and say, Dana, I'm there. My husband's cheating on me. I found out my wife was having an affair. I'm surprised sometimes. So every time you tell your story, you actually help or have the potential to helping other people. So one of the techniques for you telling your story, especially to someone who might not be very receptive, is to write a letter. Now, there are some counselors who say, write a letter, write all the yucky stuff, right? Like just put your whole emotions, don't censor it, don't edit it, just like write it. Just write it in the rawest of ways. And then they'll say, now rip up the letter or burn it or throw it away. And I think that that can be helpful to get your emotions out. But the problem that I have with you ripping it up or burning it or getting rid of it, discarding it somehow, is that you also discard the truth. So if you're going to write a letter, I would encourage you to give it to the person who you're writing it to. Oh, well that's going to that's going to be hard for them. I mean, they're going to read this and they're going to be hurt. Yeah. They might be. And isn't that a consequence of of our betrayal? You see, when we try to shoulder and shelter people from feeling and experiencing the consequences of their choices, We're not necessarily helping them. Now, what I'm not saying is that I feel like you should go shaming folks and making people feel bad for stuff that they either couldn't have helped, maybe had no idea. Let's say somebody did something to you and they literally have no idea that they hurt you. Well, I think that people like that are going to probably be more receptive to you having a conversation, to you sitting down with them and saying, listen, this thing happened between us. And I know that I haven't brought this up to you before. I thought I was over it. I tried to pretend like, you know, it wasn't a big deal, but this is a big deal to me. And I actually do need to talk to you about this. I think if you approach it in that way, then people are going to be more receptive to hearing what did I do? So I'm going to leave that between you and the Lord, whether you want to rip up the letter or whether you want to mail the letter or give the letter. Sometimes letters can be a little bit less um, intrusive, but this is what I will say. A little caveat to that is don't hide behind the letter. It's difficult to confront somebody about what they did to you, but don't just go to that as your go-to. If you have the opportunity to talk to that person about what you did, and you may need to take along somebody, especially if it was like physical harm, sexual harm, something like that, you probably don't want to go confront that person on your own. But however you choose to do it, friend, I want you to make sure that you tell your story. Tell your story. So, with that, we're going to wrap up today, part one. Because this next one, which is all about naming the hurt, this is big. And I don't want us to just rush through this. So maybe today, all you needed to hear is that you matter. Your pain matters. What you've experienced in your life, it matters. If no one has ever told you that, if people have made you feel small your whole life, if people have made you feel like you didn't matter, you're insignificant, you're unimportant, none of that is true. You do matter, what happened to you matters, and it's time for you to tell your story. Now, I don't recommend that you go public with your story if you have not yet talked to the person who hurt you. Like, I'm not about shaming people, you all. That's not the goal of what we're doing here. So don't go on Facebook or Instagram or make a YouTube video about all of these things, right? Like that, that's really probably going to traumatize you more than you not saying anything in the first place. So go through it the proper way. You know, there's a scripture in the book of Matthew chapter 18, and it talks about how we handle offense. And the first thing that Jesus says is if your brother or sister offends you, first go to that person. And this is what I'm telling you guys. First, go to that person. And then if they don't hear you, then it says, then go to someone else. And then if they still don't hear you, so you go to that person first, right? They don't hear you. They're like, no, that's not true. That didn't happen. Well, you don't just stop there. You don't go, okay, well, I tried. No, no. You go and you take a trusted person along with you. And you go back to that person and you say, I need to have this conversation with you. Then the Bible says, if they still don't hear you, then the third thing is you bring them before the church and basically let the church handle them. Now, y'all, we no church does this, okay? Maybe some small little church in the backwoods somewhere, they still do stuff like this, but most churches don't do this. And I just think, you know, whether it's a church, whether it's a small group, whether it's a um, some sort of community that you have, the goal is, is that you're getting others involved, people who are gonna hold that person accountable. How much more healing would our relationships be if we had those layers of safety if we knew that if we're hurt we've got recourses we've got um actions steps we're, we're not we're not just left alone with our pain so I think that you need to understand today as we wrap up that your story matters and that you need to tell it You need to go to that person. You need to let them know what happened. You need to say, listen, I'm not here to shame you. I'm not here to argue with you. We're not going to go back and forth about, well, you meant meant to do this, but you didn't mean to do this. And this is my experience. No, 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 no. We're not going to do that. I simply just need to tell you, this is what happened. This is radical, you all. But this is the first step in your healing journey. Okay, so make sure that you come back next week. We're going to talk about part two of this whole process, this journey to forgiveness. Again, we're going to be talking about how to name the hurt, granting forgiveness, and then we're going to talk about whether you need to release or renew the relationship. That's a big decision. Every relationship does not need to be renewed. There are some relationships where you are going to have to let them go. So come back next week so you can be sure that you've got some armor, you've got some knowledge, you've got some wisdom to know when to do that. So thanks so much for listening today. You guys, again, you can find the show notes to this podcast, including the resources that I shared at realrelationshiptalk.com forward slash episode 149. And if you have not already subscribed to this podcast, be sure that you subscribe. And I would love, love, love if you guys would rate and review the podcast, just a sentence or two about what you're gleaning, what you're learning from the podcast. You can do that either on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And as we end every episode and saying, a good relationship is not one that works. A good relationship is one where you put in the work. We're getting to work, my friends. I'll see you on the next episode. Take care. Thank you for listening to Real Relationship Talk with Dana Shea. Find the show notes, helpful articles, and more relationship tips at realrelationshiptalk.com. Enjoying the show? Be sure to rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts and remember to subscribe.